yoga, mindfulness, cookies. These are this week's guests' three favorite things, and they all relate to mental health. Margot Harris is a certified children's yoga, mindfulness educator, and former early childhood teacher for a decade in Long Island, New York. She also has her mental health podcast we're going to learn about in just a bit. But in addition to her personal mental health journey, she will also add value from those professional roles and her awesome new book, Celebrating One Year, Cookie Doga. This book is where she has combined her three favorite things we briefly touched on. But before we bring her on, let's learn how she podcasts. Margot, which platform do you stream your podcast shows through? Uh, mostly from Spotify, but I also listen on Apple Podcasts sometimes. Did you just get your wrapped up at the end of the year? I did. I what did. What are we looking at? <laughs> well, honestly, we're looking at a lot of kids yoga music, a lot mixed with, you know, just some like strong empowerment, empowering female vocalists. So like, and I do like a lot of show tunes. I will say I like a lot of Broadway and, and nice. soundtracks and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, it's a weird it's a weird complex mix. <laughs> I wouldn't call it weird. I'd call it yours. <laughs> when do you listen to your podcast in the day? Oh man, it's really all through the day. I listen to podcasts more than I listen to music or anything else. Um, I usually you. listen almost first thing in the morning while I'm getting ready on my drive or commute to work. Uh, if I am teaching or doing something virtually, I'm listening to it pretty much up until the minute. In fact, five minutes before we jumped on together, I was listening to a podcast. So it's really walking with my dog. It's all throughout the day. Adding value throughout the day. Very good. Where do you find yourself listening to the podcast if it's not walking in the dog? It's in the gym, in the car? Yeah. So it's it's in the car or it's on my walks or when I'm just doing stuff around the house, chores, you know, dealing with mundane tasks. I'm like trying to like work on replying to emails. I'll just have it on as like background noise kind of. Thank you for sharing that Margo. And to everyone listening on, welcome back to a mental health break. It is once again time to talk all things mental health with a new guest. My name is Vincent A. Lancey and I am the author of the mental health books. Mr. Lancey talks mental health and mental health week. You can learn more about me at Vincent A. Lancey on all social media. YouTube, or my website, vincentalancy.com. If it's your first time sitting down with us today, each week I talk with a mental health advocate or professional from around the world to share their journey relating to mental health. We all have a different why relating to mental health, and you never know which journey will help you most. My why came after suffering a traumatic brain injury, and you will hear today's guest's why in just a moment. First, I'd like to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Tampa Counseling and Wellness, dedicated to helping individuals looking to positively transform their lives through compassionate counseling and wellness coaching. If you struggle with depression, anxiety, or any mental health challenges, give them a call today for a free consultation. Their information is in the show bio, Therapy That Inspires Change. Today's guest has had the honor of teaching children as young as six weeks all the way through high school. Since 2015, Margot has taught in a variety of settings, including family services, local libraries, wellness centers, gyms, and dozens of schools. As I mentioned, a former early childhood teacher, 
She has created hundreds of poems, rhymes, and songs for students to help them recall and process information. I learned that due to some lack of good reading in her classroom, she wanted to take some initiative, and this is where she brought mental health right into the room. She chose to write a children's book connecting those three favorite things I spoke about, yoga, mindfulness, and cookies. Because like cookie dough, Margot believes that all people have the ability to stretch and change. Yoga and mindfulness can provide a fun and engaging pathway for children to explore and grow. And in early 2021, just about a year ago from this recording, Margot started working on the Anxiety Warriors podcast with a friend and former colleague, Abigail Wilbur. It's a passion project where they dive deep into the topics surrounding mental health and the human experience, advocate for anxiety awareness, and offer yoga and mindfulness techniques that they find hopeful. Stay tuned for my feature on that show as well. It's going to be a good one. In the meantime, let me bring her on, Margot Harris. Margot, thank you for stopping by. Thank you, Vincent. I'm really excited to chat. I'm excited to learn your mental health journey in more details. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to check her journey out on Writing with Authors, where she talks more in depth about that book. Would you mind introducing yourself, Margot, to our audience on a personal side before we dive into mental health talk? Sure. My name is Margot Harris, children's yoga and mindfulness educator for children. I also host workshops for um, parents and for educators. And I'm a recently self-published author of my book, as Vincent mentioned, Cookie Doga, a book about yoga, mindfulness, and cookies, my three favorite things in this world. Um, And uh, I'm so excited to talk about my anxiety journey because that is where mental health or my advocacy for mental health really stems from. Well, thank you for having the courage to share your story in these vulnerable moments because you are not alone. We are not alone. Someone else is battling what you're going through. And a way to get through that easier is by hearing similar testimonials from people. You mentioned anxiety. Let's talk about that a little more. Yeah. So um, I didn't learn that I had what is known as anxiety until I was an adult. I was a young adult, but still an adult. Um Everything kind of came to a head basically at the end of my freshman year of college. I was 18. I was sitting in the middle of a final exam and I started to have a panic attack. Now, I had never experienced this in my body before, had no idea what was happening to me. And it felt like two hours went by when really like two minutes had gone by. I was sweating. I was shaking. My heart was just, I honestly thought I might die. It was pounding out of my chest and there was felt like it was blood in my ears. It was horrific. Um, and I felt super alone. I was in the room. It was quiet. Everyone is there focused on their test. And the guy next to me, a total stranger noticed that I was freaking out a little bit. He, he could sense the energy change or whatever. And he looked over and he whispered, Hey, are you okay? And I was like, I couldn't even respond to the, to the guy. I just looked at him and he was just like, okay, I think you're having a panic attack. Again, I, I was helpless. He, he was talking and I was just there as a, as I don't know, a bystander just going through this thing, like hoping this person was actually going to help. Again, somebody I'd never met. uh, And he said, okay, let's start with just putting down your pencil. Okay. I did that. Great. I was like, (laughs) basically I was just like, okay, like this person's giving me directions. This is awesome. I'm going to do what he says. And Hey, what, what else do I have to lose here? So I put down the pencil. He's like, okay, do me a favor. Just like, just put your hand over your chest. See if you can like locate, you know, your breathing, what's going on with you. And he's just, just starts talking me through this little like exercise. Mm-hmm. And again, it felt like forever, but maybe this experience took about 30 seconds to a minute um, after he started helping me. 
And I started to feel a little bit better. I stopped shaking, you know, basically the whole thing wrapped was like five or six minutes. I get back to my test. I like barely mutter a thank you to the guy. I'm like, thanks. I get back to my test. Um, we finish up, everything's fine. And then I, I grow the courage afterwards to be like, yo, I'm so sorry. That was weird. I, I, what did you do back there? Can you help? What even happened back there? You know? And so he was really, really kind. He was, I was like, where did you learn that stuff? And he was like, oh, I do yoga. I take yoga here at college. I was like, what? Like I, again, I had never really heard of yoga. I mean, I'd heard of it, but no experience with it at all. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I learned, you know, how to move my body and, um, tap into my inner experience and breathe and all these awesome practices. And he was an athlete. And so he helped him with that. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So I signed up for yoga the next semester. And basically that's kind of where the journey unfolds. I wound up learning so much about myself. Um, I had been a dancer my whole life. And so I, I had always expressed and use movement as a way of coping without even knowing I was using movement as a way of coping. Um, and then I came to, I started because I was being asked to be more reflective through this practice and use my body in ways that I thought would have been easy going in. I'm like, Oh, I got flexibility. I got, and it's nothing like that. It's completely different. And so what I wound up learning was not about how to look good and move and, and, you know, do some fancy stuff. I, what I learned was how to pay attention to myself, how to tune in. Um, and so, you know, kind of bouncing ahead when I was a teacher, I wanted to bring this work, this bring this to my students. So I started doing yoga with my kids. You know, it was a, a annual practice and then it became a monthly practice and then a weekly practice and then a daily practice. Um, and then basically I was like, you know what? All my favorite things about teaching are in the social, emotional and wellness space. I'm just gonna leave my classroom. I was starting to feel kind of caged in anyway. I was looking hungry to do something on my own. And I started working as a um, full-time kids yoga and mindfulness teacher. Thank you for sharing oh, yeah. all that's an incredible story because of how it's propelled you in the direction to make such a large difference. You don't always see the light in such a horrible thing at first, but look at all the great work you're doing. And you just beat me to what I was just about to ask you. What was that turning point for you to finally leave the classroom and take a full-on stance on mental health advocacy? You noticed your passion being in social and emotional areas. Mm -hmm. Let's chat more about it. Yeah. So I basically got really tired of the red tape and the bureaucracy of working in school. Mm -hmm. um, and look, I, I love schools and most of my work is in the school setting. Now I, I love teachers. I was a teacher for a long time. So I understand how uniquely challenging their job is and how much support that they need. And I, part of my goal too, is to support teachers in any way that I can. Um, and so basically I, I want to say that it was an unselfish reason that I left the classroom to, to pursue course, this work. Yeah. But at the same time, it was just that I really needed a change. Um, I started to notice my own mental health breaking down my yoga and mindfulness practices that had served me so well throughout, you know, since I turned 18 and started, uh, or since I had that experience in college and started practicing yoga and it really ch helped shape me and change me. I was starting to feel like those practices were breaking down. It was not helping. And so I knew I needed something sort of um, like a punch in the face a little bit, something brand new, a new challenge. I was feeling bored and stuck. Um, and those aren't fun feelings. And so I was just like, I went to training. I, I got my official certification and I was like, I got to make this happen. Let me, let me research how to make this happen. Is this possible for me to just up and leave my job to, um, to go pursue this new thing? And when I thought I had a path, I made my exit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wrote that in my notes. 
for when we wrap up later. When you're bored and you're stuck and you feel like something's not right, don't be scared to make the change. Change is always scary, of course, but if you're noticing your mental health decrease, take initiative because once it gets to a certain point, it may cause further damage and that is not good, of course. But I would like to ask for some help. Speaking of not good, if someone's not feeling well, if someone's not feeling mentally healthy, what can you recommend as some tips to improve their mental health? Of course, I know we're going to hear yoga. <laughs> for sure. Um, so, you know, I think in the short term, uh, I would, I would encourage everyone to, if they aren't already start having conversations with themselves. I know this, I mean, like, yeah, maybe everybody talks to themselves a little bit like, oh my God, where are my keys? Or that's not what I mean. I mean, like learn how to, um, talk to yourself, learn how to check in. And so what I mean by that is, um, anytime you feel, you start to notice a shift in your mind or body, you start to notice you're feeling agitated or irritated. You know, one of the practices that I find really supportive is just pausing wherever I am, even for just a one single minute, we all have one minute, place a hand on your heart and see if you can just ask yourself, how am I doing? Right. Think of that. Think of talking to yourself as the way that you would talk to a loved one or a trusted friend or family member, hand on your heart. How am I doing? What do I need right now? What's going on with my breathing? I always like to check in with my mind, body, and breath. Um, and that provides information. So then I can go forward with, you know, doing something about it. So if I like notice, that. okay, my breathing is kind of shallow. I'm holding my breath. My jaw feels tight. My shoulders feel tense. What can I do about that? Okay. I'm going to take three breaths with extended exhales because that'll help me drop into my parasympathetic nervous system and feel better. Um, maybe I'm really dehydrated. I haven't had water in like an hour. <laughs> and so it could just be as simple as like, pause, go get water. Like these are mm -hmm. such simple things. If you think about them like later or in hindsight, um, but they really can be such a game changer. So I would say that first to start in the short term. Uh, and as far as long-term, yes, I, certainly I want to advocate for yoga because it was so life-changing for me, but I would just say to get some kind of practice, whatever that is for you. Maybe your practice is writing every day. Maybe your practice is um, a gratitude log or journal. Maybe your practice is yoga. Maybe it's taking meditative walks or mindful walks. Um, Maybe it's, you know, exercise, maybe it's an hour reading a book, whatever it is that lights your lights up your heart, that fuels you, um, carving out that intentional time, uh, I think is the best long-term solution for anyone experiencing stuckness or, um, a struggle with their mental health in that moment. So, or in a moment. Um, so I would say, yeah, learn how to talk to yourself, ask yourself those important self-check-in questions, and then offer yourself that in the moment self-care, but then also get a practice going that you can kind of find sustainable for your future. I love what you said they're intentional. I tried to be intentional about several areas as I get older and I know what my strengths and weaknesses are. Something I do intentional is intentional screen breaks throughout my day because I'm staring at this computer in the beginning of the day, I have much more juice to carry on before break. But after the first 50 minutes, I'll step away 55 minutes to get them off the screen. Um, but the problem is now with the phone, the TV, the computer, everywhere you look, restraining our eyes. So I really enjoyed how you said there and you're being in tune with yourself. How is my breathing doing? What do I need for myself? These are things that do not cost any money and can pay major dividends for your health, your future, all the above. Let's talk about all the great work you're doing for the importance of mental health now before we hop into the spotlight story. 
Yeah. So, uh, as I said, I had come to learn that what I had my whole life was anxiety. Uh, I started being really reflective about my early childhood, my childhood, my adolescence, and man, there were so many things that were, that I attributed to just being other things that were definitely under the umbrella of being an anxious person. Um, but I didn't have that language taught to me or given to me as a child or a young adult. Um, and so this felt very freeing to me talking about my anxiety became very, very freeing. And so it's part of the reason why, uh, certainly that I wanted to go into teaching wellness, teaching yoga and mindfulness, teaching, um, social, emotional health to children, because I felt like I wasn't necessarily supported in the best ways. Um, even though my parents, my family, wonderful teachers, nobody really talked about this stuff in the eighties and nineties when I was a child and a teen. So I want, I wanted that to be different for the new generation coming up. And that's, that's part of why I do this. Um, and then also, as you had mentioned in my bio, uh, a friend and former colleague and I, Abigail Wilbur, we host the anxiety warriors podcast, and it's basically just a space where we hope to give voice to and validate our own shared lived experience mm -hmm. with anxiety, as well as that of our guests. You're doing a lot of service in many ways, whether you're a reader, a podcaster, you name it. She's got something for you, Margo. Thank you for a great episode so far. I think it's a great time to get into the spotlight story. If it is your first time with us, towards the end of each show, my guest and I go over the mental health journey of someone who is famous in the limelight to let you, the listeners, know that you are not alone. As we have someone who loves yoga on the show today, we're going to have the story of another and a name everybody knows, Jennifer Aniston. And I'm surprised I have not done this article as we have so many episodes completed, let's talk about her mental health journey first, and then we're going to talk about how yoga helps her immensely. I learned that her struggles with depression began as a child. She said her strong friendships have raised her, particularly the friendships of Courtney Cox on Friends. She revealed that she and her co-stars mothered and nurtured one another in order to fill the void left by their parents. Aniston also revealed that she found it difficult to express anger, but that the emotion would seep out in passive aggressive ways, ways that she now knows are unhealthy. She decided to enter therapy many years ago and get, got help coping with the issues she traced back to her childhood. She came to terms with her mother's behaviors toward her and learned to recognize her mother's own emotions drove many of her parenting choices. She also came to understand that her mother tried her best, but it was difficult to be a single mom during the 80s. Today, she feels happy, but when she is not, she needs a, quote, perspective shift. When a person suffers from depression, they often find it difficult to escape its mindset. She also practices yoga and mindfulness, as I mentioned. We're going to talk about that just a little more. This is something called yoga philosophy, and I'm sure we'll talk about this with Margo in just a second. The purpose of yoga philosophy is to give your workout a purpose other than to, quote, have a great ass. This is something that Jennifer Addison got involved with, with Mandy Igber. What's your takeaways here, Margo? Yeah, so I definitely, um, I related pretty hard to some of the stuff that Jennifer Addison spoke about, especially in that first article about um, just talking about her mental health journey. Uh, she talked about insecurity and um, that she... I really resonated with the using a having a lot of unexpressed anger or poorly expressed anger um, things because I think a lot of my anxiety myself 
showed up as anger or like even rage or grief and despair. And so like, I would wind up acting out in unhealthy ways um, because I didn't realize that, oh, this is anxiety. <laughs> and this isn't just that I'm upset or, ang uh, or angry. Uh, so I related to that. Um, and I loved when she kind of talks about noticing needing a perspective shift um, and that she's uses uh, the way that she looks at the world, right? She uses her perspective shift to make choices. And this really um, stood out for me. And, and I valued her highlighting that we do have some power and agency and some choice over the way we think and feel. Uh, and that's something I'm constantly trying to work on with my students is that like, yeah, we might be in this feeling right now, but we don't have to, we don't have to stay in this feeling or this feeling is here and it's valid and it's very real, especially for you in this moment, but you will get through it. We're going to move that. to the other side of that. Hey, you said we could shift our, shift our mindset. That's something I'm a big advocate for. And Mr. Lancey talks mental health. My third book, Chris Bridges chapter in chapter two, day two, she talks about how we have 60,000 thoughts each day. When we're having the bad thought, we just think of something happy and we try to shift our mind to that. Excellent point there. As the whole episode, I got to thank you so much for an incredible analysis and stressing to follow your passion. We talked about it before when you're bored and stuck, leave. You encourage us to check in with ourselves, and I appreciate that. Where can everybody find you, Margo? And where can everybody find your book? Yeah, you can find you you can find and connect with me on Instagram at comcookie underscore kids yoga. You can find me on the web at www.comcookie.org. And uh, my book can be purchased at links uh, in my bio on Instagram or in my website. I'm on Amazon and bookbaby.com and uh, Barnes and Noble's website. And pretty much if you type in cookie doga, you know, there's only one cookie doga and she's mine. <laughs> so you'll find the book. Well, thank you for sharing all that. Everyone, be sure to go check out all of her great contacts. Stop by to say hello. She is here to help. And we are at a mental health break on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. But on Twitter, because of the character limit, we are at Podcast by Lancey. But you get updates from all of my shows. Again, I am at Vincent A. Lancey across social media, YouTube, and my website is vincentalancey.com. As I mentioned, Mental Health Week is live and Mr. Lancey Talks Mental Health is also available on Amazon. Thank you for tuning in and we will see you next week on a mental health break. Mm -hmm.